0: Hey, Veysan Sveysan, it's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Link Humans podcast. This week we're going to tackle, like many other weeks, employer branding. Is it broken? Can we fix it? Let's find out. Hung Lee, how are you doing? Good morning, Jorgen. I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us, sir. Early in the morning. Now, tell our listeners uh, all about uh, your company, WorkShape, and uh, what you guys do there.
1: Sure. So, uh, WorkShape is a recruiting technology platform uh, for software developers. Mm -hmm. Um, So, what we do is basically help companies um, instantly find relevant software engineers through kind of a matching algorithm which we've uh, which we've developed. Um, companies that use us typically are going to be uh, tech startups or businesses that are going through you know big digital transformation um, so companies like Skyscanner for instance or m Digital or those kinds of businesses typically uh, are, are companies that would sign up to a platform like ours.
0: So you're, you're a glorified job board basically?
1: Not at all, Yoga, not at all. You cannot apply for jobs on Workshape and you can't search for candidates on Workshape. Um, oh. So, we're very much not a job board, um, but we're a matching service. So, what that means is um, uh, we ask both parties to declare in advance what it is they're looking for before they get visibility of the other side. Um, we then visualize that data, create kind of a visual signature of what the job is, um, and we match. Uh, uh that uh, to a relevant person basically um
0: okay. so so yeah okay so e then
1: it's better than e man um <laughs> i mean uh, roi is significantly better than e-harmony i would say yeah but yes similar mechanics to dating i think okay uh, people who've been on dating sites are probably familiar with how uh, the user experience is so. okay Great.
0: All right, so uh, today I wanted to talk about employer branding. And uh, we had a discussion uh, earlier, and you said uh, you don't really approve it. In fact, you think it's bullshit.
1: Well, that's very very frank language, uh, Jorgen. I wouldn't quite say it in those terms, but I think uh, to a large extent, um, the investment that we put into employer branding largely misses the point. Um, And whilst I think it's, it's one of those things where I think, uh, I value the sentiment and I totally understand companies being very committed uh, to uh, you know, presenting uh, the right image, uh, but I think it still doesn't generate great candidate experience on the other side, if you think about it. Um, you, know, you get lots of companies spending a lot of money building their so-called employer brand, um, but the, the fundamental mechanics of how a person experiences that brand as a candidate hasn't changed. Um, and that is still a, quite a negative and frustrating experience for the vast majority of people.
0: But uh, if you look at employer branding, sometimes that could be to sort of attract people who, uh, who would never consider applying for a company. So if you don't attract those people in the first place, they will never even enter their candidate's experience.
1: I would say that um, you know, if you look at the mindset of what is a candidate, uh, typically, I think someone who is susceptible, if you like, um, to employer, employer branding tactics um, is, is what we would call someone who's a, either an active job seeker. Um, you know, people who are normally going about their day typically are not going to be so dazzled um, by, uh, uh, by whatever a company does um, to abandon their day and start taking an interest in a particular corporate business. Um, uh the the people who might be interested are going to be those individuals that are already engaging in job uh, uh, seeking activities and i would argue uh, potentially they would do that um uh, with less discernment um than than people might uh, currently assume so in other words uh, i would i would imagine you're very happy at link humans right now um <laughs> if you don't mind me using you as an example um i would say In large part, you might be impressed by whatever a company might do in terms of employer branding. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it would probably never activate you to become part of somebody's recruiting fund uh, because you're not in the mindset of looking for work. So uh, I would argue that employer branding is, um, uh, again, the sentiment's correct, but you're still trying to get people to apply. Um, And I think that's the part that's not examined. And that's the part that's not actually – that's the part that actually – Uh, creates the negative experience, the concept of having to apply to a job.
0: Well, I think, yes, you're you're right. However, yeah, I might be happy in my position right now and I'll see company X uh, Mm. projecting a a very good image about uh, them as an employer. But they would never be right for myself, but I might know other people in my network uh, who are looking from time to time and I'll say, guess what? Company X, they look like they are really transparent and have a really fantastic culture. I think you should apply there. So it's not just about... Uh, Getting that one person to apply is more about, I guess, projecting that image. uh, uh, It's more branding, which isn't just about the transaction of uh, applications.
1: Sure, that's totally fair. Um, I mean, I think if you take employer branding as as part of a general uh, sort of attempt to position the business um, and uh, kind of a, a way to... Uh, improve improve your brand presence, for instance, get customer awareness, get the you know all those types of good, uh, good stuff. They're fantastic. Um,
0: What so let let's say if employee branding isn't working as well as it should, what do you propose employers should be doing instead? Where should they focus?
1: Well, I mean, I think ultimately um, the we can, talk, we can end up talking about techniques or strategy here. And I don't want to sort of uh, drag your audience down a, a, a rabbit hole or something that might get overly technical. Um, but ultimately, my, my biggest problem with employer branding is that it's sort of the front end of what is a standard recruiting funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at most, uh, uh, whatever companies do, however innovative it is, um, it, it ultimately, it, the call to action is, oh, apply to this job. Um, and once that person applies to that job, uh, you know what, straight away you're dropping in a recruitment from on them uh, or her, um, and, and that is literally uh, uh, a very process driven, reductive activity which I think most people don't welcome. Um, uh, now I think this, you can get away with it when you've got an audience that is um, uh, you know, highly interested in job discovery. So, for instance, a graduate, uh, uh, for instance, or someone who's, you know, uh, uh, you you are ta- you, you know, the people you need to recruit tend to be uh, uh, job insecure, let's say. Um, I, I would absolutely say, absolutely fine. You know, you can go ahead and uh, and, and put these people into a recruiting funnel. Um, but if you're looking at people that are, if you like, uh, have high demand for their skills. Um, uh, uh, let's say, I mean, in my industry, software engineers would be one example, but there, there are others. Um, you typically don't want to ever put them through a funnel like experience. Uh, that, in itself, is the negative uh, part of uh, job discovery or job search, is why people resist it. You know, um, I mean, the last time you or I went through a recruitment funnel, I guarantee you, we did not walk away from that thinking that was an awesome experience for me. Um, and we probably not welcome. Uh, uh, the uh, the opportunity to enter another uh, funnel of that type, um, and the reason why I think that is, is because it's a stage by stage examination of whether you're good enough for this company. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is kind of there's is, is, is a hierarchy, is, a, is an imbalance of a power relationship there, uh, which is not recognised in our industry. Um, you know, we assume um, that, there, that that it's an equal. Uh, 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 an equal relationship but of course it isn't, the power is all with the company um, and if you think about how we assess talents or people to use my human term um, it's almost always about reducing them to you know, a set of bullet points or a bunch of experiences or a set of competencies with a score against it and, and what have you uh, and all of these things are I think fundamentally inhumane Jürgen, <laughs> that's why we don't like it
0: but but, uh, but hang on! You know, isn't that what WorkShape does? If you no. you have an algorithm and you know it's a scoring and it's colour coded and all. Um,
1: no, not at all. Um, what we do is is collect information about what the person wants to do, um, and our entire uh, play is to match uh, people's interests with job opportunities that match to those interests. Um, so we're not trying to save to people we're going to reduce you to a set of competencies or a set of experiences and then rank you in an order and say you're better than that person or worse than uh, that person. We're simply going to present you with options that you have specified that you're uh, kind of predisposed towards. Um, And hopefully, uh, the the sort of dialogue that we see as being more successful on our platform has been that sort of, you know, two parties interested in a common topic sort of dialogue as opposed to, come in and and be assessed. Um, Now, I think most people who uh, spend a lot of money and budget on on employer branding simply do not examine this part of the funnel. It's all about acquiring talent at the top of the funnel. They spend 80% of our budget putting people in at the top, but they're still thinking about funneling. Um, And and that is an unpleasant experience. One of our interns, I'll give you an example, uh, Yvonne. One of our interns, Rob. Uh, he's uh, uh, a friend of a friend uh, uh, and, and do some great work for us uh, on Workshape. But he's going through uh, uh, some corporate recruiting processes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with some big brands that everyone would know, you know, the big consultancies, the banks and so on. And I can tell you he, he, that experience for him is, is absolutely demoralizing. <laughs> he's spending a lot of energy. He spent, like yesterday, he spent half the day of his time uh, doing assessments for this big corporate, and then he's been sent away with no feedback, no uh, 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 understanding as to whether uh, 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 the, the job is right for him or, or anything like that. He's just got to simply wait there, having spent all of this energy um, uh, uh, presenting himself to, to this organization. And I don't think that's a human way to think, trick people. No, now,
0: but, no, but I think also a large organizations, uh, especially companies that have strong consumer brands, they also, by default, very uh, recognized in the employer space, so like Google, they get I don't know one or two million applications a year. Correct. So they have to put processes in place to to filter people out, and uh, yeah, I think it's. I'm sure lots of work needs to be done on it, but I can also see it from the employer's perspective as in that there's uh, yeah there's a lot of work to get through there. Um,
1: yeah, but then I mean I totally agree. I mean I think Google's the most a, a, a popular employer brand has been the last several years, hasn't it? Um, mm. and, and they've got the, the opposite problem of how do you manage overwhelming applicant flow? Um, and again, the way in which they manage that, I think, is by putting a really heavyweight recruiting process in and it's almost like you've got to <laughs> increase the assault costs um, in, in order uh, to really winnow out uh, the people that are, are going to be going through that. Uh, but again, the argument would be you know, who is motivated to go through an assault course. Um Someone who really wants to
0: work for that company.
1: Right. Um, who may not actually be the best person. Oh, um, fair enough. Uh, you know, you, what, if, you're, if, you're, if you set up your recruiting process really to, to control applicant flow, then you're not really thinking about how do I find the best fit for the, for the, for the best job. Um, you know, That's not even part of your thought process. You just assumed um, that... Uh, And and Google isn't, by the way, uh, perfect in how it deals with things. There's a lot of feedback in the dev community that that are are very hostile to the way in which they uh, uh, kind of interact with developers, force them to do too many things in terms of, you know, what is the uh, assessment load, for instance, for this person? Uh, Is it right, for instance, that you ask him to go uh, to an eight-stage recruiting process? Does that actually make sense? Um, probably not I would say Um, and it's all as you said designed to uh, uh, create an efficiency for for the recruiting team. Now I would argue that there's probably a smarter way to do that and I'm sure the smart people at Google are thinking about a way to do that if anybody can imagine uh, or use technology to improve that process probably would be someone like Google but their recruiting process seems to be locked into this idea that you know they need to treat applicants with hostility, which you know, isn't great.
0: Okay, so if we look at uh, companies that are doing it right, have you got any examples that you can share with us? Sure.
1: Um, I mean, I like the company called Toggle. Um, oh yeah, we great, use Toggle. Great product, right? Check out their yeah. career site, perfect. Uh, what they've done is simply say, hey, listen, here are the general jobs that we typically hire for. Um, and Anybody can just look at it and sign up and, and give their test a go. Um, and it's a kind of a a close-to-real-world examination of the sort of work that you're doing. So, for instance, if you're going for a marketing role, or you came across this product, you liked it, and you thought, you know what, um, I reckon I give marketing at Toggle a shot, you simply look at the, the website, the, the, uh, do, the, do the marketing test, takes you 25 minutes, and then you get a call. Um, how easy is that? You know, at no stage have I been asked to uh, submit anything. At no stage am I, you know, anybody, uh, I'm, I'm totally control of the timing of it, you know, so you no know, one's saying, hey, book this time out. I, as a, as, a, uh, as a candidate, and this is, I think, where Toggle really understands um, uh, uh, user experience. They've got a great product, as you know, Jürgen, um, and they've applied that um, to their recruiting process. Now, I think that's going to help them get a lot of people because um, they haven't put a high friction um, assessment flow in, and they haven't put false kind of filters. You know, they haven't said, you know what, you need a a university graduate, you need to be a university graduate with a first class honours, why is that important? You know what, it isn't important, but they do it because they want to control applicant flow. Um, But here, there's no space for that information to go in. It's simply, look, do the the assessment, takes 25 minutes of your time, you decide when you want to do it, and then you know what, if it passes what we think is important, we'll, we'll bring you in. So, that's a good example, I think, of a company that does not treat, um, it uh, hasn't spent a lot of money in, on employer brand, uh, Good to the point. Yeah? They just simply thought about the experience from a candidate point of view. Uh, and they realized, you know what, application itself, the concept of applying for a job and the mechanics involved in that is the reason why it's so slow and so negative to everyone involved in the process. Let's get rid of the applications.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, and I guess. We don't know much about their talent attraction side of things. Oh, I guess once you know Toggle, once you land on that career page, it's a good experience. But um, I would argue yeah. as well that employer branding would perhaps bring the right people to that career page.
1: Uh, so, yeah, possibly. I'd like I yeah. say I've, I've, I've mounted uh, an attack on employer branding and I, I want to <laughs> just qualify that. Um, you know, I don't think it's wasted energy per se. Um, but I think in large part, employer branding is, Designed to improve uh, uh, the experience of the candidate because how can you, you know, have great employer branding if you make your candidates miserable oh, yeah. um, or the applicants miserable. Uh, but uh, there's a lack of understanding that it's actually the applicant flow itself that creates the negative experience. Um, so companies could do a much better job focusing on how they deal with people that interact with their brand um, after they've acquired them, quote unquote, um, that's how you would improve the experience overall. And the key to that is not to force them to apply.
0: Okay, and uh, so if, uh, if you're an employer out there, you're a company, and you're thinking, okay, I want to implement uh, what Hang is saying, have you got a step-by-step guide to success here, or where Where, do we, where should they start?
1: Yeah, okay, so caveat number one is every company is unique. So mm-hmm. you've got to start internally. Um, at, sure. Uh, one of the things that, you know, whenever you see a best practice Uh, blog or or article out there you always get a uh, kind of a tidal wave of of negative response no matter who actually produces it and the reason why that is is because best practice um, assumes that every company is is kind of very very much the same Um, and and of course they are so first thing to do is to understand uh, what your company is And, and in terms of you know how interested you are in this activity. Uh, you've got to analyze for instance how many people you've got involved in in managing recruiting like is it a priority lots of companies say you know the rhetoric is i'm sure you know everyone says oh our well, people are the most important part of our business but let's see whether that maps to reality uh, is the budget there for this is it, are there is the people in charge of talent on the top table of the business you know what is the commitment of it? Um, and all of these factors, you think you need to have that diagnostic before you even think about, okay, here, here's the step-by-step. Step. Um, because without knowing who you are, you can't really know what you want to do. Um, you know, It's like having a fight, yoga. you know, not that you and I are fighters. Um, but you don't go into a combat scenario and say, right, I'm going to punch this guy with a... Uh, a, stri- a straight left and I want to hook him with the right. Uh, you don't do that um, without knowing who the hell you are, how long your reach is, you know, what the environment is, and what your opponent looks like. You have to do the diagnostic before you have a strategy. Um, so again, most companies don't do this. Um, uh, they just assume, right, let's download a few case studies and then just crack on. And of course, you know, the, the experience is going to be variable. Uh, you've got to understand, um, you know, who is involved in this flow good example that i would say actually probably the last major bit of recruiting work i did before a launch worksheet uh was with a company uh with, with a fintech startup rapid growth you know uh, needed to grow i don't know something like 600 in percent in the space of three months or something ridiculous like that um and the first thing we did was to just examine okay what have we got in our locker in order to that's going to help us do this We didn't have a brand, didn't have a website, didn't have any of that. So forget employer branding, no chance. Uh, What we did have, though, was a highly committed CEO um, who, in fact, happened to work for Google and left Google. So he had a a huge personal brand, right? Mm. Um, So we thought, okay, that is our recruiting asset, the identity of this CEO who's highly credible in the field. We need to basically build our recruiting strategy, not on our company brand, but on the personal brand of this CEO. That's the thing that's going to get the engagement. Um, and so uh, we started uh, doing that. We ended up uh, uh, just putting a bit of color. We ended up doing a lot of events-related work. Um, no applicant flow. It's all about hey, listen, let's get people in the room. Let's talk about our project. Um, and we ended up uh, n- uh, not only hiring um, the uh, immediate core uh, development team, uh, but we also built probably one of the best databases of a certain technology developer in London through this activity. Um, so. Uh, but I cite this example purely to say uh, the best practice really starts from uh, a little bit of diagnostic internal uh, yep. uh, examination as to what are our weaknesses as a recruiting a- a company, uh, as a company that needs to recruit, should I say, and what are our assets as a company that needs to recruit. And you've got to have a brutally honest view of it. You know, If it is the case you don't have CEO support, for instance, uh, as a recruiter, let's say, you've got to understand that that's true uh, and then not. Em- Implement uh, a recruiting or a talent attraction strategy that's dependent on CEO sponsorship, you're going to get that, um, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, and I guess um, in a way, um, you've been leveraging your personal brand as well to, to build up uh, work shape.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Probably not as much as I, I could have done, to be honest, um, but the, the theory is more or less the same. Yeah. Um, you know, we one thing that I've belatedly realised, Jürgen, because um, I, 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 as I, as you know, with uh, uh, when we first met, we were both kind of in that personal branding space a little bit, uh, uh, several yep. decades ago it seems now. <laughs> um, but uh, so I learned a lot of lessons that I subsequently forgot uh, and didn't apply when you know Worksheet was launched. But now I realise that actually, as a as a as a, a, a key figure within this startup, I've actually got I've got a responsibility to promote myself um, because it means that that's positive stuff for the the company. And that's um, why you're on
0: this podcast today.
1: Well, Get a I, PR I, your I, way, man. I'm just doing you a favor. You uh. know? We go back a long ways.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, just, just just send me the <laughs> invoice. Yeah. Um, okay. So, final question: uh, What's the next big thing for you guys at Workshape and and for the industry in general? You think? what, what's what is uh, next year? Holding in in store?
1: Yeah, next year, very exciting. We're going to grow the team. We've had a very uh, successful um, 2016. So we've gone international. We're selling well in different countries. Uh, We're rolling out a couple of global implementations. So um, we're in a position now where I think we're confident enough where we've generated enough revenue and profit to uh, start growing the team, which is is a a great uh, uh, result for us. Yeah. Um, And and that will uh, essentially mean WorkShape will continue to try and attack this niche market of software engineering. We still think that that's a a core market for us. but maybe uh, we'll we'll look to diversify into different industry segments if we have uh, the the resources. Uh, Maybe we'll uh, potentially implement the, uh, the WorkShape concept into different places where there's a discovery problem. Um, so, you know, there's, there's lots of exciting things happening uh, with us. Um, I think the industry itself is, uh, is going through huge change. Uh, I mean, 2016, um, uh, we've seen all kinds of acquisitions, we've seen all kinds of developments. Um, I think that uh, 2017 will see some really interesting uh, uh, technical innovations. Um, I would say WorkShape uh, are Uh, one of the new wave of businesses of the last maybe three or four years matching services and you know those types of products that um, are doing something different from search Um, we're very proud to be part of that uh, that wave. but I think the next wave is about to come Um, and the next wave uh, I would pull out three different sort of technical uh, technology trends that will impact recruiting Um, so number one I think uh, you need to look at um, artificial intelligence. Yes. And by this, I mean um, automated recruiters, automated job search agents. Um, these are kind of little programs that are trying to solve the, the discovery problem in a totally different way. It's not about search, it's not about ads, it's not even about what we do, which is match. It's about basically empowering an agent, to go, uh, no, uh, a digital agent, to go out there and find what you want for you um now i think that is going to be a hugely interesting uh uh segment um another if like a macro trend as to uh, uh where where we are uh is is blockchain um i think a lot of people don't quite understand uh, how uh, blockchain tech applies to uh the world of work um, but to to kind of dumb it down to a, to a level where it shouldn't go but uh, for, the, for the sake of uh, uh, you know trying to do a quick explanation, uh, blockchain is essentially the technology which allows you to track transaction, uh, but also protect the identity. Um, so right now it's, it's predominantly used for financial transactions, you can trade with it, bitcoins, etc. Um, but of course, um, it's clearly applied to the world of work. Imagine if you're in a situation where you produced a, a, a brilliant bit of copy, uh, Jürgen, um, you ideally want to track that copy wherever yeah. it might be replicated, and why? Why could you not get a royalty for that? Right now, that's impossible for you to do, um, but with blockchain tech, that allows you to do it because it's a public ledger of of, uh, of of the content you produced and the structure you produced it. Um, uh, suddenly, um, uh, you can start seeing um, uh, uh, workers attack, basically um, using blockchain tech to validate that yes, I am the owner of this bit of labor, um, and I should be paid for this labor. Um, That's going to have huge transformative effects um, uh, society-wide, I I suspect. Um, And the third major trend uh, would probably be another application of AI, but rather than using uh, uh, agents, um, I think we're going to get to the point where we do have the ability to predict fit and performance um, based on what this person's behaviours um, and, and digital footprint might be, um, and this goes way back for you and I, Jurgen, when we were, you know, first looking at social media influencing and all this type of stuff. Um, and, and those signals at that point were very crude. You know, how many followers uh, yeah. was more or less the measure. Um, but we're getting to the point now where I think th- there's so much data that everyone produces, uh, inevitably produces, that you know we're not even aware of. Uh, Uber is a classic example. You know, they track your location even when you're not using the app, for instance. And you know, this is uh, this is in the phone. It's, you know, if you use the app, they know who you are, where you are. Um, all of that is going to feed in um, to some sort of engine, which will, I think will be able to accurately predict whether you're going to be any good at this job or not. Um, and again, that's got awesome and kind of worrying uh, implications uh, for all of us, really. So. I think we're on the precipice of some major, major changes te- technology-wise. Hopefully, Workshape will find a way to uh, to ride those waves as well and still continue to uh, provide valuable uh, a valuable service to uh, to the community.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Okay, um, so where would you like to uh, send our listeners? Where can they learn more about uh, Workshape and where can they connect with yourself?
1: Sure. So if you want to check out Workshape, it's uh, Workshape.io. Simple as that. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, you can uh, DM me on Twitter on uh, Hungley, So H U N G L W.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Hong.
1: jurgen It's been a pleasure speaking to you, man. Let's uh, let's find out. Uh, let's find the time to, to catch up before uh, uh, before too much longer. Cheers.
0: Okay I hope you got a lot out of that interview and of course everything that Hung and I discussed will be in the show notes article. All the show notes articles are of course available at linkhumans.com slash podcast. Finally would you like to be on this podcast just like Hung was this week? Just send me an email at jorgen at linkhumans.com and we can take it from there. That's it, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I look forward to catching
1: up with you next week. Hey, Rob! You know what? I'm going to use um, a motto. Uh, I would say, cross the river by feeling for the stones under your feet.